0: Talk Radio.
1: This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea.
0: All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldea and uh it's good to have you with us looking out the window uh it's gotten chilly here in wisconsin again this morning it was a brisk 55 degrees as i exited my home and made my way to the office to you know put in a good day's work this is what we do um a lot to talk about today. Gino insists that I answer some questions uh, towards the tail end of the program, and we will do that because I am more than happy uh, to answer your questions. You may not like the answers, but I'll answer them regardless uh, because there's opinion, then there's the truth. There's opinion, then there's the word of God. And if something has a biblical precedent, Uh, then we have to go with it, even though our flesh may resist it, even though we might not like it. uh, The word of God has the final say. It is the final authority, and this is all we can really do, is point to the word and say, yep, that's what the book says. Uh, But yeah, I'm looking out the window, still no mushroom clouds, even though California is really trying. I mean, if there ever was a state uh, in this union that really, really wanted to see uh, God's wrath being poured out, it's likely the state of California. So now uh, that uh, the rainbow month is over, California decided nay-nay. Apparently, uh, August is now Transgender History Month. Thankfully, August is over too. But, you know, these people, not so good with the calendar. All they know is, oh, my girl, you have a beard. Your name's Bob. Let it go. But uh, this is what happened in California. California State Assembly declares August Transgender History Month. Uh, It's the first of its kind in the nation. Uh, Who wants to wager dollars to donuts that it won't be the last of its kind in the nation? Because uh, dumb ideas have a way of uh, metastasizing. They, They spread worse than crabgrass. Uh the California State Assembly has voted to officially recognize August as transgender history month. There really isn't much history there. They used to call them mentally ill people and put them in the, you know, loony bins with the guys that thought they were Napoleon. There's not much history to be had there, kids. So I don't know how you could spread it out over 30 years. Same thing with with Homosexual Pride Month. Your history began when Sodom and Gomorrah burnt. That should be an indicator. But, nevertheless, California is California. Uh, There's there's a reason when uh, the wife and I came back to the States after a protracted hiatus in uh, Romania... Uh, we, we looked around to where we were going to settle down, and uh, even though the weather's beautiful, even though I have friends out there, even though I have brothers and sisters in Christ out there, uh, we, we sat down and talked about it and go, nope, this is not a place we want to raise kids. And uh, it's, it's proven to be uh, factually accurate that that was not a place where we wanted to raise kids. So uh, the resolution which passed on Wednesday makes California the first state in these United States to have a month that officially recognizes the history and contributions of transgender people. Come on. Come on. Look, we got to, at some point, at some point, we, we need to stop blowing smoke and just be honest with each other, with ourselves. There's, there's no history. There's no contribution to be had. Unless uh, the guy that invented uh, the iPhone, what's his face? The guy that died. Jobs. It's not Job's, Gino, but thank you for the help. See, Gino tries. Uh, his, his wife calls it Italian food, so I get it. Uh, it's, it's Steve Jobs. Uh, well, Steve Jobs, apparently, uh, unless I am mistaken, uh, didn't put on dresses and lipstick in the middle of the night to see how beautiful a bearded man he was. So tell me what contribution really, nevertheless, we press ever onward. We're rewriting history. We're attributing things to people that had no hand in it just because we want to normalize the idea that Hey, no, look, Bob's not crazy. Bob invented, uh, you know, a a hybrid turnip. I don't know. Uh, Assemblyman Matt Haney, Democrat San Francisco. (gasps) Surprise. I am so surprised. Uh, The bill's author, indeed, uh, said, I couldn't be more proud to have introduced legislation that will bring about the judgment of God upon this state and make us all crispy. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. No. I I misquoted. I apologize. I misquoted the man. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I couldn't be more proud to have introduced legislation that will designate August as the first statewide transgender history month in the nation. He continued, I believe that as Californians, our strongest defense against the anti-trans agenda is just to tell the truth. Yes, Mr. Haney, please do. Can we please tell the truth? These are mentally ill people who, for some unexplained, heretofore unexplained reason, have the overwhelming desire to have toddlers and children in their vicinity. Explain that, Mr. Haney. Please tell the truth. Why? Why why would grown men in dresses insist on having little children in their vicinity and bouncing them on their knees and reading them stories? And that's just the tame things that they do. I'm sure that some of you have run across the articles. So why? Why the need? I mean, you know, bring Bob and Bill and Jim and... Whoever else to your home, have a dress-up party. Have a tea party amongst yourselves. Why do you need or feel the need to pollute the minds of young children, to confuse young children, to be within a vicinity that will bring you into proximity? I'm sounding like Al Sharpton now. It will bring you into a proximity. Proximity of prepubescent children who you then flash and show tidbits to that they should not see until they're well into adulthood, if they so choose when they're adults. So yes, Mr. Haney, let us just tell the truth. Why do men in dresses feel the overwhelming need to groom young children? Please answer that truthfully, Mr. Haney. Let's tell the truth about transgender people's lives and let's lift up the history of the transgender Californians who left their mark on our great state. Look, I get it. I, I write a lot. I speak a lot. And sometimes you don't find the right words. I think what you meant to say, Mr. Haney, is that they left their stain on your great state, not, not their mark, but that's okay. Sometimes, you know, the word doesn't come and we use, uh, you know, a stand-in word until we find the right one. It's stain, not mark. But this is what California is doing, you know, because one month a year isn't enough for depravity and perversion. Let's make it two. Now, I've been uh, keeping an eye on what has been occurring in this nation and the developing narrative. And I've been talking to some friends, and their question is, why are they starting so early? If you don't know what I'm talking about, apparently uh, Dr. Jill Biden who got her degree from the same university, prestigious as it is, as Dr. Pepper, uh, has the COVIDs. And uh, so does uh, Madam Whoopi Goldberg. All of a sudden, it's back in the news, and none other than the brave man who stood up to Corn Pop, Mr. Robinette Biden himself, is going to start wearing a face diaper again. And from the discussions that I've been having with friends, they're like, we expected this, but why are they starting so early? Uh, well, today we're going to unravel that mystery. And I've been thinking about it, as I am wont to do. Hot cup of coffee helps me think. I've had about, I don't know, eight today, because uh, I went to bed uh, at around uh, 10, 11-ish. Uh I made the unforced error of promising my oldest daughter a story. Uh, and so whenever I get time, which isn't very often, I've been writing a story for her. It's, uh, I'm, I'm up to like 25,000 words already. It's probably going to be like a book that I'm going to have printed just for her. Uh, And every single day she comes home from school. Her first question is, what chapter are you on, Daddy? Unforced error. I could have just told her a story for 15 minutes before bed, and that was that. But no. You know how parents are. They try to impress their children. Honey bear, I'm going to write you a story. I'm going to write you a story so good you're going to want your friends to read it. So uh, we were on chapter 22 as of... uh, the end of school yesterday uh this morning we were close to chapter 26 and uh the only time i really get to write her story without feeling as though uh i'm i'm not writing something else that is necessary is at night so i went to bed around 11 uh i was up at 323 uh, went back upstairs, started making coffee, and I've been drinking it ever since. By the way, just in case you're wondering, if somebody finds this uh, in, in, in the late beyond, uh, today is September the 7th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, yeah, this is the recording, but it's fresh. It's Thursday. You're going to be hearing this within a couple hours of it being recorded. But anyway, I've been working on her story uh, late into the night and sometimes in the morning. Uh, In between that, I have to write uh, the blog posts, which uh, I I don't know. I I started writing them again about a year ago, and uh, I've been keeping at it because, look, how do I put this and not sound uh, full of myself? Because I say this with humility. Uh, Some things that I take for granted as general knowledge – Uh, aren't really that general for some people. I, I grew up in an environment of the prophetic. I grew up being my grandpa's translator. I grew up memorizing Bible verses since the age of five. So I made a lot of assumptions on the maturity level of a lot of believers in America based on the way that I grew up. It's neither here nor there. I'm no better than anybody. I'm no smarter than anybody. But I I think I took for granted the things that I experienced, the things that I lived, uh, the wisdom I received, the time I put into reading the Word, and transposed that and and came to believe that everybody else was of the same maturity level. And about a year ago, I I, I started writing again. I'm on and off. I've been working on, what, one, two five different books in tandem. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I jumped from one to the other. But one morning I just put up an article and, and, and people were like, wow, I never saw it this way. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you should have. I mean, it's, it's there. It's evident. But the more I wrote, the more I realized people were hungry for the truth. And, and it's a medium that uh, I'm more comfortable in than actually speaking. I, I write better than I speak. Uh, because when I write, I, I get into a certain mindset. I get into the zone, as the kids like to say, uh, and and it, it just flows. So I've been doing that for the past year. So finding time to fulfill my promise to my daughter that I would finish her story sometime before I die uh, ha- has become uh, troublesome. I'm uh, about done with uh, the entire series on Jude. I think I'm going to put that into a book. Because uh, I, I, I believe there's a lot of wisdom in there. And I've been praying about it. And I think uh, our, our next adventure is going to be Job. I know. You went from Jude to Job. It's just, you know, a basket full of kitten and rainbows. But I, I like to focus on, and it, again, it sounds pretentious, doesn't it? The forgotten scriptures. Uh, the ignored I like to focus on, on the books of the Bible that are readily ignored by a lot of modern day mainstream churches because there are uncomfortable truths therein that they don't want to be confronted with. And I think the book of Jude, short as it is, uh, you know, it, it, it pokes a lot of sore spots in the modern day church because our expectation of escapism is so profound in just the everyday theology or what passes for theology of the church, that anytime anyone talks about it or broaches the subject, they're just confronted with vitriol and violence. And a lot of people have chosen to just be quiet about it because they, they, they don't like the pressure, they don't like the hate. Ah, I got tough skin. And so I I don't mind the angry birds anymore. And so uh, I I think prayerfully uh, our next uh, endeavor will be the book of Job. And uh, by the looks of it, it's going to be another what? I mean, we we spent three months in the book of Jude. And (laughs) it's what, 24, 26 verses, something around there? I, I, I think that's what it is. So we spent three months dissecting and delving into 25 verses is what it is. Imagine how long it'll take us to get through the book of Job. Now, I mean, we, we could take a break from the book of Job if uh, the mushroom clouds appear, but until then, that's the thing. I, I could either focus on what will happen and be so consumed by it that I'm ineffectual in the present. Or I can do the work every day and give whatever I have to give and pour out whatever God pours in until the day I can't do it anymore. So those are my options. Either be so obsessed with tomorrow that I'm ineffectual for the kingdom today or know that tomorrow comes with its own problems, know that God is already there and focus on the present. And I think that's, that's what we'll be doing. Now, I ran across this story, and we're going to get back to it, because it is a mystery worth unraveling. Because they're starting early. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, they're jumping the gun again. Uh, they need to know if it'll work a second time. And they need to know early enough so that if it doesn't, they can begin implementing their contingency plans. And we're going to get through those. And I know a lot of you are going, tell us now so we can, you know, log off and go back to uh, what's, what's that dumb TikTok videos. That's what it is. I don't have a TikTok account, never been on TikTok. Don't plan on being on TikTok. But apparently that is what consumes enough people today that there's such a thing as TikTok brain. I know. This is a story I ran across about a pastor in uh, Pakistan who evidently didn't get the memo that he was supposed to be prosperous in all things and that if uh, money didn't fall from heaven for him, he didn't have enough faith. Pastor shot after refusing to recite Islamic profession of faith. Now, we're going to read that article. However... I'm going to juxtapose that with what the leadership of the Great Harvest Church in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, recently released on their website in a video. Recently, the Great Harvest Church in Memphis, Tennessee, released a COVID update video instructing its members to quarantine and mask up. Four days ago? I I believe so, yes. No, less. Two days ago, they released a video instructing their members to quarantine and mask up. Test yourselves, and if you test positive, even if you're not showing any symptoms, quarantine yourself. Wear your mask up for 10 days. Let the little children come to me unless they're COVID positive. I'm sure that some AI is working a biblical verse that will insinuate that. So you juxtapose the leadership of the Great Harvest Church in Memphis, Tennessee, with the Reverend Eliezer Sidhu, who is a pastor of a Presbyterian church in Pakistan. They haven't even floated the idea of lockdowns again. And the church is preemptively telling the sheep to stay home. I mean, granted, we made it easy for you to send in your tithe. Don't forget about that. I mean, if you have to come and, and, and drop off cash or a check, you're exempted. But don't come to service. Don't come for fellowship. Don't come to be fed. Stay home. A pastor was shot and wounded by hardline Muslims on Sunday evening in Jarawan, Pakistan, a week after Islamist slogans were written on the walls of his church building, sources say. The Reverend Eliezer Sidhu, pastor of a Presbyterian church, said the assailants ordered him to recite the Islamic creed before shooting him. He was returning home to Ramat town with an assistant after pastoral visits to church members when two bearded men stopped his motorcycle near the Kanawana bus stop, he said. One of the attackers pulled out a pistol and asked me to recite the Islamic kalima, which is the profession of faith. Pastor Sidu stated in the first information report, when I refused and instead started to recite the Apostles' Creed, the man opened fire resulting in a bullet wound on the upper half of my chest. The assailant fled after the attack. So, the Great Harvest Church in Memphis is preemptively telling the sheep to stay home and starve. While a man in Pakistan... Unaware of the fact, perhaps, that modern day theology says we're not supposed to endure or suffer a thing for the cause of Christ. Ended up getting shot in the chest for not reciting the Islamic creed, but rather beginning to recite, recite the apostolic creed. You know what? God bless this man. And by the same token, shame on the Great Harvest Church of Memphis. Now, I'm well aware that perhaps uh, Franklin Graham hasn't gotten his marching orders yet. But I'm sure there will be another round of uh, proclamations as to what Jesus would have done in the face of... uh, being compelled to take the jab. Look, this is the level of bravery we can expect from the American church. And yes, I say the American church. Then be prepared for every single one of these cowards to go into hiding once the real hard times begin. We're not there yet. I I, I know I keep saying this, and I find myself cringing at the idea that I have to keep repeating myself over and over again, but we are not there yet. That whole thing about crimes of opportunity, switching to crimes of necessity, is beginning. We're beginning to see more and more stores just being hijacked. And a lot of the things that are being stolen are not high-end goods, but food. Now, granted, some of these people might be less than intelligent, and so they don't know that down the street there's a Gucci store. But it's only going to get worse, and it's gotten so bad that even the mayor of New York The man who bloviated about that statue right there says, bring us your poor, so bring us your poor. Well, Mayor Eric Adams declares illegal immigration will destroy New York City. He warns, it's going to come to your neighborhood. I'm sorry. I know. I Look, I, I understand people's attention spans are next to zero nowadays. TikTok brain. But wasn't it you who was standing up there going, we are bring them here. We, we love them and we need them and we'll, we'll hug them all the time. Mayor, Mayor, I can't. Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams has declared illegal immigration at its current pace will destroy New York City. Warning New Yorkers, every service in this city will have to be cut and that migrants will come to your neighborhoods. Oh-ha! During a town hall on the Upper West Side on Wednesday, which is yesterday, a visibly frustrated Adams said the arrival of 110,000 border crossers and illegal aliens since the spring of last year will lead to the destruction of New York City as waves of illegal immigration have continued unabated. Under El Presidente, Joe Robinette Biden, let me tell you something, New Yorkers, never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see as ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. I'm I'm quoting verbatim. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. How many are Texas getting? How many are California getting? How many are Arizona getting? How many are New Mexico getting? Do do you understand that 10,000 border crossers is one morning in Texas? But everyone poo-pooed the Texans when they said, this got to stop. We have to stop this. And I say this with, with no joy. I say this with no sense of vindication. But at some point, we're going to have a repeat of the Roman Empire where the serfs, the slaves, the peasants, the working class realized they outnumbered the masters by 10 to 1, 100 to 1. And they looked at themselves, and they looked at their masters, and they realized their masters had grown fat and sleek and lazy. And they had a moment of epiphany. We can take this if we want, and we can be the masters. Just don't say no one ever told you, I know, but we're not gonna be here well eh, tell that to this pastor in uh Pakistan. well, he wasn't diplomatic enough, you know he could have he could have recited the islamic creed and 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 he could have uh you know uh. Crossed his fingers behind his back. <laughs> I'm sure someone will come up with that. There, I spared you. <sighs> Look, I and again, I, I'm not even gonna get into the economics right now because it's this is a planetary thing. It's not it's not just America, it's a global thing. German industrial orders shrank by 11.7%. They were forecasting only 4.3%. The German economy is done, and Germany is the biggest economy in Europe. Surprisingly, the only ones that are still making money are the Ruskies. And, of course, the Ukrainians, because we're sending, what, another billion dollars? And, again, I feel the need to to, to add a caveat to this, not the Ukrainian people. Right now, they're trying to keep the corruption under wraps, and they're firing one guy here and one guy there for stealing. You know, a couple billion, what's a couple billion dollars? Mr. Robinette Biden's going to go and hug the little bearded fellow and give him another tent. Lindsey Graham will go back to Ukraine and smell the musk of a bearded man. And indeed, he shall be strong and vital and viral and say, we're here to kill Russians. And we'll write you a blank check to do it. So, but there, look, the corruption, if, if this is what is being leaked, that a couple of guys got fired for stealing a billion, two billion bucks then the reality of the situation is beyond anything you can imagine. Just leaving that there. So back to my promise that we were going to unravel a mystery today. Why are they starting the propaganda so early? Even even that, 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 that little guy that nobody believes anymore is Fauche. He's back. Apparently, he was on vacation for months and months, and now he's back. And he's warning you, peasants, you better get boosted and better get backed and better wear your mask, even though it's been scientifically proven, none of these things are of any effect. Oh, and did you hear? Uh, who was it? Oh, that that the, the Canadian guy, the Prime Minister of Canada, Mr. Trudeau. He actually had the temerity to come on television and say, "Well, nobody forced you. Nobody forced you to get vaccinated. That was your choice." And people are sitting there scratching their heads. Hold on, you you, you threatened not to let us get medical care go to work, go to the store, buy food if we didn't, but nobody forced us. huh? Well, there you go. Because they're trying to back away from it. They realize what they did, and they're, and they're trying to I, – I, I hate this word, but it's the best word for it. They're trying to reimagine the last three years. They're trying to rewrite history so that you don't remember how bad it got. Where people were chasing other people out of the store if they weren't wearing a face diaper. Because they're going to try to do it again. And they know that they're going to have a lot harder road this time than they did last time. Last time it was fear. Again, if, if and I'm sure it will happen. A new variance to beat them all. It's so deadly. The guy that discovered it died in 30 seconds. He just had time to tweet, mask up, eh! and then he died. So unless that happens, which, again, they, if you still believe anything you hear on the news, if you still believe the propaganda that's being shoveled into your face every single day, I can't help you. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't even own a tinfoil hat. I'm sure that somebody will rectify that and send me one in the mail. Please don't. But I can see it coming. So why are they starting so early? All of a sudden, within a week, everybody's panicking again. Well, because they had to put up a trial balloon early enough to figure out if another lockdown will work. Because if another lockdown doesn't work, if people just refuse it, then they have to go to burning cities real quick. And if that doesn't work, because everything is about polling to these people. All right, so they're going to try to do another lockdown. If they see the polling is against them, they're going to back off. (laughs) We were just joshing. (laughs) And then, boom, a new martyr served on a plate. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He just robbed people as a hobby. Boom, done. And then you'll have burning cities. They're going to do polling about that. And if that doesn't work, then they need enough time to manufacture a war. And before you ask yourselves, are they really that evil? Yes, they are. They are that evil. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And there are so many skeletons stacked up in these people's closets that if, perchance, they are no longer in power and somebody eh, creaks open the door, even the most apolitical individual will recoil in disgust as to what these people are capable of as to how perverted their mindset is, as to how irrelevant they see the American populace as. We'll just tax you. Uh, Work hard, pay your taxes, die, we'll replace you with somebody else. For the people, by the people? Really? Since when? It's been a long time since it was for the people and by the people, kids. I know. Rising Phoenix. So I also ran across this. I'm going to go into it real quick. Because we talked about it, what, two months ago, three months ago? El Senor Pence going to kiss the ring in Ukraine. And that's when, eh, nope, sorry, eh, it don't matter what you say. Because your actions speak louder than the words and now he's finally come out and unmasked himself mike pence slams populism there you go now you have your answer former vice president mike pence gave a full-throated condemnation of republican populism on wednesday and implored republicans i i don't somebody's going to go back in the archives and find the program i repeated it time and again it's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about populist versus globalist. We know what side of the aisle you're on, your Pence. So there's that. And I'm sure that if somehow, by some miracle, uh, the Republican Party takes back the White House, which again, look, I'm going to, just for posterity. They got one through the goalpost the first time. They know the levers they need to pull to make it happen again. But just by some freak accident like happened in 2016, I promise you no one will prosecute anyone in this administration for all the horrendous things they've done. Because we need to reach across the aisle we need to unite this nation. Oh, what was it? El Presidente, Mr. Robinette Biden, what, a year ago, uh, was was standing there shaking his, you know, arthritic fist at everybody, condemning anyone that wasn't on his side. But, yeah, we need to reach across the aisle. We just go along to get along until the next uh, election cycle. Ah. <sighs> So that's what's happening in the world. I didn't even get to, to what's happening in the church because theres it's just getting pathetic. A megachurch pastor in Illinois who resigned after being accused of mishandling sexual misconduct allegations just went and started a new church because why not? The people love to have their ears tickled. And there are plenty who are very, very willing to tickle ears. Now, since I gave my word, and I'm a man of my word, uh, we're going to reserve the rest of the time we have for the radio program for uh, Gino's questions. I'm sure that they are uh, very lucid and profound. And I will try my best to give answers, not that will please you, but that will please God. So, Gino, hit me. As always, Gino is prepared.
1: Okay, now now you should be able to hear me here. So I posted this post. Why so many storms over America? We know God is our creator and weather is his domain. God is allowing storms of an unprecedented nature over a nation that has grieved his heart, walked in pride, trampled his truth. I don't wish destruct the destruction of anyone's property a loss of life, but when sin reaches a level like it has in our nation, Heaven has every right to respond and allowing storms and trials is one way God judges or at the very least uses as an an instrument of his judgment. For sure, we pray for the victims of these storms and help where you can, but know God's heart is grieved over the direction and rebellion of our nation. And with that uh, Facebook post, I have taken lots of uh, heat over it. I want your comments on that post.
0: Well, I, it's the, what can I say other than, who am I to say what God can and cannot do? Who am I to determine what God can and cannot use as a form of judgment? The other question is, is it really judgment? Or is it just God removing his hedge of protection? And it's not isolated to America. Look, Jesus told us what to expect during the last days. Frequency and intensity of natural disasters, be they earthquakes, in various places, volcanic eruptions, storms. These things were to be expected. Now, do I believe that God can use weather or natural events as a means of judgment? Of course he can. He did. The flood wasn't just because you wanted to go swimming. The flood was allowed. Noah was saved, but the flood came to judge, to, to, to punish the sinfulness of that generation. Now, God said he would not flood the earth again. Localized flooding is a different thing. So, who, am I, who are you to say, well, God, God can't do it that way? Well, he's God. I'm sure he got your memo, and yet he decided that he would do as he willed. And again, I think Gino framed it quite well. You feel for those that lost, you feel for the loss of life, you help where you can. But you can't look at the situation objectively and go, well, that was the blessing of the Lord for sure. So at the very least, it's God removing his
1: protection. That's that's my opinion on it. And, Mike, some people, they're, they're, they posted on my post, well, he doesn't do that. We're under the new covenant. You know, he would never judge through weather or storms like that or, or bring wake-up calls or corrective measures. And, and they, they equate that with the law. I've had posts like that, you know.
0: Well, but, but God said, I am God, I change not. I, Jesus, God, God didn't get a makeover. God God didn't become a a progressive, wishy-washy, hey, do whatever you want, you're still going to get into heaven sort of God, you know, once the New Testament or once Christ came. He still remained God. He's still a God of holiness and righteousness. Peter, Paul, James, John, Luke, all of them point to that reality. God does not change. He did not change. It's not about the law or grace. It's, a God, it's about God being righteous. He is mm-hmm. a righteous judge. He is a holy God. And he punishes sin. He punishes rebellion. He punishes yeah. as he sees fit and as
1: he wills. Period. And, you know, you think about June. Well, as you LGBTQ month. You know, declared many parts of the U.S. Now this thing in California in August, transgender, whatever it was, you know, uh, month. But I weather and storms. To say that God can never use that to judge or punish in the hour we're living in, you you look at the fact that uh, many of the areas that have these wicked things go on some things happen not long after that with weather tornadoes storms flooding and i don't i i want to ask you why would the christian people why would christians be so uh upset at the thought of that of god using those measurement or or instruments of 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 correction and sometimes judgment why does that upset christians so much in 2023 do you think mike
0: because they're not serving the God of the Bible. They're serving a God of their own making. And, and for anyone to say God can't do that anymore is, is, is hubris beyond human understanding. Who are you to say what God can and cannot do? He never declared that he wouldn't judge by any means he desired.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Look, let, let's, let's be honest here. We're reading the book of Revelation. We're reading you know, what Jesus said would occur during the last days when God's wrath would be poured out. We haven't seen any of it yet. If anything, these are just birth things. It's just just the ouchies before you go into labor.
1: So
0: for, for people that have that mindset, well, God can't do that, they don't understand who the God of the Bible is. They've been taught a strange God. They've been taught an idol. Of men's making that is passive and libertine looks the other way doesn't do anything when people spit in his eye and rebel against his word and take his name in vain and 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 do unnatural things that he said in his word you ought not to do God's okay with it there's pastors putting on dresses to, 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 to be allied with the transgender community like why why would you do that? Well, because the God they serve is not the God of the Bible. This is the thing that we need to come to terms with. And I know it's painful for a lot of the Rising Phoenix folk because we've taken the idea of the God of the Bible and we've taken the idea of, of saved and sanctified and we've interchanged that with Americans. So basically, if you're American, you're saved and sanctified just by the nature of your being American. Well, God has God never judged America. We're a Christian nation. Are we, though? I mean, I understand we were founded on Christian principles. But mm-hmm. from those principles to where we are now, uh, as, as what Virginia Slims used to say, you've come a long way, baby, and right. it's not in the right direction. And so this, this idea that God never would do such a thing just because you're American is folly. God doesn't see. You know what? When you get to heaven, you're not, you're not going to be asked for your passport. Nobody's going to be standing at the gates going, oh, American, go right in. Oh, real, Romanian? Uh, we, we need to go to, to extra screening. But we... That's not God. He doesn't care that you have a blue passport, a green passport, a red passport, or a brown passport. The only thing God is concerned with is if you have surrendered your life to his son, if Christ is in you, if you have been made blameless through the blood of Christ. You're not going to get any special treatment because you're American. And I get it. We expect it. We go to third world nations and we expect to be treated like royalty. We're from America. God's not impressed. So we need, we need a, a, a focal shift, a mind shift from this idea that everything American is pure and righteous and holy and God would never. God can do whatever he wants to do. Any man that says, no, God can't do that. Show it to me in the Bible. Please, show me in the Bible God can or can't do something before you say he can or can't do it. Jesus spoke of of a tower falling on people and killing a bunch of them. Storms came, and the only safe boat was the one that he was in with his disciples. Mm. What do you mean God doesn't do that anymore? Mm. If you don't believe that, wait a minute. You'll see what God does do and can do. And you're not going to be able to blame the devil for it, because it's not the devil's purview. The devil's purview is to destroy you. The devil's purview is to hunt you. The devil's purview is to deceive you. Jesus commanded the storm, and the storm quieted. Nature is God's purview. He can command the storm's. And so by that definition, if he allows something, or if he did not command it to cease, then he allowed it. We're so myopic, and and when we see everything through this prism of Americanism, and look, I am an American. If they ask me for a passport, I have a blue one. When I get to heaven, but they won't. They're not going to ask for my passport. Because God will already have known, and He will already have weighed, and He will already have determined if He will say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant," or "Depart from me, I never knew you." We, we need to stop being children about this. Yeah, honestly, I'm, 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 I'm having to answer emails if if, if, if people are going to see their kitty cats and their puppies in heaven, really. This is your biggest concern. Wow! If your dog's going to be licking your face when you get to heaven, (laughs) this is the level of spiritual maturity. This is this is. It's opened my eyes. Wow! The need for just basic understanding of scripture, the need for just fundamental doctrine. (laughs) We are as children. We're immature. Self-obsessed, selfish, thinking that we can determine what God will do just to... I'm going to hold my breath God, until God does what I tell him. You're going to die holding your breath. God's still not going to bend to your will. Who are you? Who am I? We we've done away with the notion of servant and master because it's unseemly for us to think that we are not the masters of our own destiny we've done away with with the notion of servant and master because we think it's beneath us that we don't get to determine the, the, the way our lives will go you've got pastors preaching visualization in churches what the what? What am I supposed to visualize? Well, your mansion. uh, Visualize, uh, you know, your six-figure salary. Visualize uh, your $5,000 suit. And if you close your eyes and visualize hard enough, it'll come to pass. Really, will it? What does that having to do with walking humbly with your Lord?
1: Just
0: read your Bible. Go through the book of Revelation, go through Matthew 24, go through Jeremiah 51, go through all the prophetic words that God spoke in advance regarding the times that you're living in, and understand that he foresaw all of these things occurring. And if they're included in his word, they were meant for you, because the world reads it and goes, spaghetti monster. (laughs) <laughs> but as a child of God, you read it and you understand, this is telling you what will occur shortly. And it's not rainbows and kittens, kids. It's not cotton candies and Lamborghinis. It's privation and hardship. It's persecution. Also seeing the presence and the power of the God that you serve carrying you through the hardship, carrying you through the privation, carrying you through the persecution wherein you will receive it joyfully. How, how has this passed for Christianity for so long, this, this thing that the American church has become? How, how can anyone still call it Christianity? Or following after Christ or picking up your cross? What cross? We're not supposed to carry crosses. I have a sciatica. I, I, I have a lower back issue. I can't carry a cross. A pastor got shot in the chest because he refused to say the Islamic tenets. He refused to recite the Islamic creed. This didn't happen in 1822. This didn't happen in 1760. This happened a handful of days ago on this planet. I know that for some, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm American. If all you have to stand on when you stand before God is that you're American, I pity you. Because God won't care. Sheep or goat, kids, you got to make
1: the choice. Yeah, that's it.
0: Don't don't tell God what he can and can't do. Obey what he told you to do, what he commanded you to do. Trust in him, and your trust will never be misplaced. Learn to live by faith, because at some point, you will have to. So that's my take on it. I, I, I don't know if you had any more questions, but we're out of time. So, Gino, if you got anything to say in the next two minutes, it's yours.
1: No, I think you handled it. Uh, you know, answered everything very well. It was, uh, I had so many comments. A lot of them were challenging me. People saying God will never judge nations anymore or our nation or, you know, it's cruel to think about storms can be punitive or even a point of judging at times a city or an area of the country or wake-up call. And so I really think, you know, you answered every pretty much every point that I felt was important to tackle. And I urge everyone listening because... I'm going to post this on my Facebook page, so those that would be gainsayers, listen to, you know, a perspective that I totally believe is biblical. And not only that, much of uh, the beginning of the program, uh, very important to realize the state of our nation, our leadership is really in terrible disarray. And so thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast and uh, continue to get the word out. Tonight we have our rally in Wisconsin, a uh, call to action, uh, to challenge people and encourage them to get involved locally and around Wisconsin at least to stand against these Drake shows and Drake reading hours and wicked things and uh, try to remind people that if we don't stand up now and push back, This stuff will be slammed down people's throats all over the country. Thank you for listening uh, to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Bodea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910 God bless you.